Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. At SLRC, they understand your dream to move. Moving up, moving on, moving your body, moving mountains. SLRC can help you find the focus to define your finish line. As a top 10 run shop in America, they use their 25 years of experience to provide custom shoe fit analysis and offer a premium assortment of footwear and workout essentials. Locally owned, locally operated. SLRC is movement inspired. Visit saltlakerunning.com to schedule your shoe fitting today. Hosts of Eden Season 2, Episode 10, Hurry Up and Wait. Last time on Hosts of Eden Season 2, Covenant finally came face-to-face with their suspect. They tried to take him into custody, but ultimately failed. Fortunately, they all survived and are now waiting for him back at their compound. Back at headquarters, Marion is talking to Mason. How do we guard against someone who can take over anyone's body and have instant access to their credentials. Now, the compound is protected by every resource that the president can offer without bringing too much attention to the area. But even with all this protection, Covenant is on the edge every moment. Mason responds, don't worry, Marion. He can take over their bodies, but he doesn't get access to their minds. That's why we've set up the password system. Plus, you'll be able to see any suspicious activity using the Genesis device. Marion spends the next days watching the Genesis device for any suspicious movement around the compound. She should be able to see anything that is not a typical host. Johnny helps her as well, along with help from the old expert, Mr. Sims. They know that their suspect will come. They just don't know how or when. Mason spends his time walking the perimeter, working with the special forces on site, and making sure that their sensor network remains functional. After a few very long weeks, the pressure and constant need for vigilance is wearing on the team. Meanwhile, the President of the United States has directed all resources of the federal government to identify any activity that could be a sign of their enemy. But for weeks, nothing. Now, once again, our friends are gathered around the kitchen table discussing their current predicament. Johnny asks, is there any way to lure him out into the open? Mason responds, I'd love to, but how? He wants the Ark, and we can hardly go putting that out, risking it out in the open. Marion is calm but frustrated. He'll come, Johnny. I know it. We just have to hang in there. 
He wants us to give up and then attack when we're least expecting it. He has shown incredible patience up until now. My guess is that he is not in any hurry. He's just waiting for us to slip up. Suddenly, Marion sees something strange on her arm version of the Genesis device. It looks kind of like a host, but more faint. And it's moving very quickly around the perimeter of the property. Marion picks up her radio and signals the alert. Mason and several of the special forces teams immediately go and search the area, but they find nothing. They radio back to Marion, and by this time, the anomaly is gone. Marion has no explanation for what she saw and continues to monitor the premises. Her phone rings, and she sees that it's the president calling. Anything new on your end, the president asks? No, we just had a false alarm, but that's it. What about you? She replies. Absolutely nothing, the president says. He has completely disappeared without a trace. No strange deaths, no break-ins, or anything. He has completely vanished. Well, keep me up to date, and I'll do the same. After she hangs up, she sees another faint anomaly. It is inside the compound and heading directly for the front door. She doesn't want to sound another false alarm, so she grabs Johnny and a gun and runs to the front door. They look out the front window, and Marion opens the front door as quickly as she can with the gun facing towards the front yard. Her heart is pounding, but to her surprise, there is no one there. She looks out and scans the entire area, and there's nothing. Frustrated, her and Johnny go down to the basement and monitor on the Genesis device. After a few moments of searching, Charlie the Sheepdog comes down into the basement. Johnny and Charlie had become really good friends. Marion is so focused on the Genesis device, she doesn't even notice the creature at all. Just then, Mason calls in on the radio. What's up, Marion says. We just searched that area where the anomaly happened, Mason replies, and we found something strange. Just then, the anomaly shows up again on the Genesis device, and this time, it's right on top of Marion and Johnny. And then Mason responds, We found a dead dog. Marion turns and looks at Charlie the sheepdog, realizing that Genesis is not showing an anomaly at all. Johnny, she yells, It's Charlie! But before any of them can react, Charlie charges towards Johnny, jumps up in the direction of Johnny's head. As the two collide, Charlie the sheepdog goes limp and falls to the ground. The Ankh necklace appears around Johnny's neck. Johnny's demeanor changes, and he points his gun directly at Marion. Marion is in total shock. In a single moment, she has lost Johnny, the scientist, and her dog Charlie. And now she is staring at their killer with no way to notify anyone as to what has happened. Mason can be heard on the radio. Hello, Marion, did you hear me? The suspect says to Marion, tell him you heard him and that you'll continue to monitor the situation. Marion picks up the radio and conveys the message hesitantly. Then she talks directly to the suspect, who now has Johnny's body. What are you planning? You're completely surrounded. There's no way you're getting that thing out of here. 
The suspect responds calmly. Clearly, you don't know everything that this thing is capable of. Did you forget those Bible studies where people were mowed down who challenged the house of Israel? In a matter of minutes, there won't be much left of your other friends either. Who are you? Marion asks. What do you want? The suspect laughs. Sorry, I'm not going to let you distract me to give the others time to get here. But since you asked, you might know me by another name. Ramses. And this thing you call the Ark was stolen from my people. And these bodies you call hosts were stolen as well. He raises up the gun as if he is getting ready to shoot. And then he says, but that's all about to change. Marion realizes that she cannot save herself, but maybe she can warn Mason and the others. She grabs the radio, presses the button, and manages to just get out the word help as she hears the gun fire. Expecting to feel some type of pain, she is surprised to feel nothing at all. She looks over at Ramsey's and he is pointing the fire gun to the right of Marion instead of straight at her. The bullet missed her by several feet. Confused, she looks over at Ramsey's and he's struggling to point the gun directly at her. He fires another shot, but it misses her again. He continues to struggle and his entire body begins to shake. The gun drops to the floor. Marion approaches and kicks it away and then stands back. Ramses has a confused look on his face. He continues to struggle, falling to his knees. He pulls at his hair and then clutches his fists, screaming, No! What is this? No! Then his body goes limp and he falls to the ground. Just then, Mason and the special forces come rushing down the stairs. Mason asks what happened and Marion responds that she isn't sure. He was inside Charlie. And then he took over Johnny. He said his name was Ramses and that the Ark was stolen from his people. He tried to shoot me, but missed and then collapsed. Mason slowly approaches Johnny to see if he can tell why Ramses collapsed. But instead, he notices that Johnny is still breathing. He tells Marion that he's still very alive and the special agents raise their weapons in concern. And then... And then they hear in a very quiet voice, Edith Keeler must die. What? Mason says. He leans in closer to Johnny's face. Edith Keeler must die. Marion rushes to his side and holds up his head. Johnny, Johnny, is that you? Sorry about Charlie. I should have done something. Marion is confused. Ramses, what happened to Ramses? Oh, he's still in here, Johnny says. But this is my body, and I decide who gets to use it. Marion hugs Johnny. She then removes the Ankh necklace just in case Ramses is able to come through again. Mason signals the special forces to take Johnny into custody. Marion gets in the way and asks what they're doing. Mason looks at Marion and says, We have no choice. We've got to lock him up until we figure out what's going on. Sorry, Johnny. 
It's okay, Marion, Johnny says. Mason is right. We can't risk him getting out. Plus, maybe we can find out what he knows. It'll be just like old times. Marion realizes that Johnny and Mason are right. She hugs Johnny and thanks him. Then she remembers the scientists. What about Mr. Sims? Johnny indicates that Mr. Sims is okay as well and still inside. Johnny is escorted out of the basement. Mason and Marion embrace. She then bends down and pets the head of Charlie the Sheepdog's lifeless body. Without saying a word, Mason takes Charlie up in his arms and carries him up the stairs, out the back door, and into the garden. Marion follows. Mason sets Charlie down on the grass and then retrieves a shovel. Without a word between them, he begins to dig a grave for Charlie. Marion runs into the house and grabs a sheet from the closet and then returns to the garden. Carefully, they wrap Charlie in the sheet and place him in the grave. Marion pauses for a moment to say something, but no words come out of her mouth. Only tears from her eyes. Mason quietly covers Charlie with dirt, filling in the gravesite. The two stand next to each other, holding hands, not saying a word for quite some time. Finally, Marion speaks. Ramsey said that Israel stole the ark from his people and that they stole the host as well. Do you think Abel lied to us? Mason replies, I have no idea what to think, Marion. And how did he transfer into a dog? Marion shrugs. He also said that the ark can be used as a great weapon. I need to call the president and tell him what happened, Marion says. Good idea, Mason responds. But Marion, leave out the part about the weapon, okay? Marion instantly understands what Mason is suggesting. She picks up the phone, dials the president, and then starts to walk back into the house. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com.